1: We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not
2: hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at Mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than forty gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at Mintmobile.com.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Hello and welcome along to the latest Forza Italian football podcast. As ever, I'm your host, Connor Clancy. And joining me this week is, I always call you the ever-reliable, Vito, but you're much more than that. You are a key player to this FIF team. Welcome back, Vito Doria. How's everything? Yeah,
3: thanks for the kind words, Connor. Most appreciated. To be honest, I think I could be feeling a lot better after this weekend's results, but I'm still keen to discuss the latest Serie A, action,
0: Vito, um, I'm sorry to say, but one of those results is just going to bring your mood even further down, and it's not the Sampdoria one, I'm afraid. We're going to have <laughs> to talk positively about Genoa, um, but we'll put that to the side for a minute anyway. And Another Sampdoria fan joins us this week to celebrate a huge Genoa win, and it's Luca Gumby. Luca, it's been a while since we saw you on here, but it's good to have you back.
2: Yeah, it's it's good to be on. Got uh, some new headphones for the occasion, so it's extra special. I think I think you might as well. And so, uh, yeah, looking forward to cracking on and speaking about what's been going on on the peninsula over the weekend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. These are my, my headphones of choice when listening to things, but uh, I've never used them on the podcast until last week. I was forced into it, but people aren't here to listen to what headphones we use, guys. Uh, Jackson, and Philip are already in the comments. Guys, welcome along. Uh, we're all doing well. How are, you, how are you guys in the comments? Anyway, Milan Samp just finished, so let's dive straight into that. And I'm continuing to be impressed by Gennaro Gattuso's Milan. Vito, Jack Bonaventura, with every week that passes, just looks more and more important to this team. Well, it's
3: his sixth goal from memory under Gennaro Gattuso in Serie A, so... He's really flourishing under Gattuso's coaching, and that's great from his uh, point of view as well as AC Milan's. It was a vital win for AC Milan. They're now sixth on the ladder, if I'm not mistaken. So, yes, yeah, somebody dropped down in the Serie a table, and I think it's heating up
0: that battle for the Europa League. To be Vito, fair, Milan deserve three points too. Veto, I'm sorry to. Jump in! You say it's heating up the battle for the Europa League, and about 15 minutes ago, I wouldn't have taken any exception to that. But in the last 15 minutes before we came on to record, I just got thinking. Right, Milan are now unbeaten for 10 games in all competitions. They're seven points off the Champions League places, and Inter Roma. Well, Roma are kind of picking it up a bit now, but Inter in particular just don't look like they want to be in the Champions League next season. Is there any chance they can actually make the top four or am I going crazy?
3: I don't think you're going crazy, Connor. I think it's actually quite probable that AC Milan could sneak into the Champions League spots. And it's also due to the City rivals Inter slipping up so badly, not to mention that Lazio, who play tomorrow but they're out of form as well. So the way that things are going for in Milan, they could uh, get into that fourth spot for the Champions League if they maintain this uh, run of form.
0: Luca, um, you haven't been on for a while. I was just saying the last time you were on, I don't even know if Gennaro Gattuso was in a job at San Siro. What have you made of his turnaround at Milan?
2: Yeah, it's certainly been... Quite impressive, because at the time I, I was one of these people, I think there was a lot of us who was quite critical of him coming in and thinking it would make no no impact, and he certainly has. And you can see, obviously, he's got quite uh, expressive manner on, on the uh, dugout. That's kind of what the commentators always picking up, that kind of classic Gattuso passion. But I think he's certainly got the team managing to click, and I, I suppose he's doing quite well in just sort of, Probably keeping it quite simple there at Milan with all the the upheaval they had over the summer, it makes sense to to do that to just let the players play, sort of let them build something organically, and it's really starting to to pay off now. And these I suppose, he's also benefiting from the the fact that the players have had a bit more time now to settle in there, the new ones and players like Bilia who perhaps weren't doing so well. They did quite well tonight against Samp, and yeah, it's certainly been very impressive, especially considering how. Uh, sceptical I was when he was uh, first brought in.
0: Yeah, I nearly laughed him out the door before he had even taken a seat at Milanello, but he really is proving me wrong. And Week after week, I'm more impressed with not how crazy and angry he is on the sidelines, but how he seems to have this Milan team looking like a cohesive unit. But there's one spot in that team that I'm still not quite convinced about. Vito, I don't know if you'll disagree with me and tell me why I'm stupid, but Ricardo Rodriguez I I really just don't see what he brings to the table as a left back as a left wing back in a back 5 or a back 3 sure I can see the merits he brings as a as an attacking player in that system but as a left back in a 4 am I missing something No um to be honest Ricardo Rodriguez his main
3: feature is his uh Penalty taking and his free kicks, and he missed the penalty in this game. So, if he's not posing a threat in dead ball situations, he's not really a worthwhile player to start. Perhaps with um, Andrea Conti probably returning in the next few weeks or a couple of months, that might have to force David Colabria to play on the left side, and that might actually be better than playing Rodriguez there. Then there's also Luca Antonelli who brings some experience to that back line. So perhaps he should play a bit more
0: than Rodriguez. Luca, we do have a question on this. Um, it, it is touching on something similar to what I just asked, but it's come in the comments asking what do you think Milan's Champions League chances are? Do you think they can actually do it? I personally think they have every chance if the other teams keep slipping up as they are. Vito, didn't call me stupid, which I appreciate. Luca, what are your thoughts on this one?
2: Uh, I think that's probably getting carried away a little bit, obviously, into on this this massive slide at the moment, but I, I, I can't really see that continuing as it, as it is at the moment. They've got the derby coming up fairly soon. I think it's the week after next. That's going to be a, a huge game and that'll be something that Milan really got to be prepared for when it's now that it's really that kind of on the big stage again looking forwards rather than just sort of toddling along against the mid-table teams. I think I don't know I don't I can't really see that happening. I think the Europa League's perfectly uh feasible as an objective for them, but Champions League I, I think that would be it would be very impressive if they, they do do it, but with sort of Lazio and Roma have started to kick on again, I, I just think it's going to be a step too far for them at the moment
0: it's optimistic of you to think that inter are going to turn turn things around anytime soon they've won once in what feels like a lifetime um, i think it's once since the 3rd of december or something which surely they have to turn it around sooner or later but i've been saying that for about a month now at this point uh guys i think that will do on the milan samp game veto unless have you got any sampdoria thoughts that you'd like to share
3: not too much. I thought it was one of our more disappointing displays, but in the last 30 minutes it showed that Edgar Barreto deserved to be benched, and Valerio Vere, who came from Pescara, um, he he deserves to play a bit more. He suits our system, and I believe in the saying that players make the system, the system doesn't make the players, and uh, Verre looked very confident on the ball, so I think he should play instead of Barreto from now on. And when Dennis Pratt Comes back from injury, I would put Verré on one side and maybe Price on the other, and that would improve the fluidity and also help us maintain possession a bit more because Milan defended very well. They defended in numbers and attacked in numbers, so um, that's just something for the future.
0: Yeah, we've spoken a lot about Samp this season. I'm sure we will again in the near future, but I think this week we'll we'll give that game to Milan. Um, Derby della Mole next, then. Torino, of course, were beaten by their city rivals, Juventus 1-0. Alexandro got the goal. and I've had a few thoughts this week that I felt stupid for thinking, and I'm sure that one of you are going to call me out on my idiocy for one of them sooner or later, but I thought Juve might actually slip up here. Not that they'd lose, but that they might drop a couple of points. Am I naive to think that, especially given what happened in midweek? Luca, you watched them in midweek, so I'll come to you for this.
2: Uh, I don't think you can put that down as naivety. I suppose it's the same story as the Fiorentina game, where kind of the occasion of the fixture and the matchup with the, the histories of the clubs and the atmosphere kind of, you know, in, influences your decision-making. You think, oh, that's, that's a tough test for them. But then it was kind of the the typical performance from them. They just managed to... To get that one 0 win, Bernadeski came on and got an important assist, having not not started. He played an important role there, and yeah, it's just kind of what they've been doing for for so long that that just ruthless efficiency. And I, I don't know if you should really be so kind of critical of you against after the the Champions League game because that kind of first ten ten minutes where they went two up was kind of just abnormal, it, it wasn't kind of something that you could expect, and then Tottenham played very well, so yeah, I think it's just kind of the, the same old Juve, and they're they, they just getting these results, and quite a lot of the games were very similar today in Serie A, we had sort of these these 1-0 wins with a fairly early goal, and that, that was proving to be enough as the the sort of favourites managed to, to stick stick uh, up with the lead, you had it with the Milan game, Napoli, it was all the same, and so no, I wasn't naive to to think that, but then, UVA proved uh, that they you know they just keep winning
0: as as they always seem to prove. Thanks guys for sticking up for me and preventing my self esteem from dropping to through the floor tonight. I, I need to keep you guys around more often. the The comments have already turned to inter chat and inter fighting, which I I thought we'd get a bit further in before this started, but. They're just having a little discussion among themselves about whether or not Luciano Spalletti should be sacked. We'll get to Inter later, guys, um, so just bear with us. Hamza says even he thought Juve might lose against Torino. Thanks, Hamza. I'm getting a lot of support here tonight. Vito, I want to talk about Torino because I've been meaning to for a couple of weeks and I probably should have done it before they played Juve because I want to give them some credit. And mainly to Walter Mazzari, who since he's taken over has done fifth in the form table. They've played 6-1-3, drawn two, and lost just that one game against Juventus. What's the hmm. trick to turning this Torino side around? I think he's just added it more stability to the team
3: because with Mahalovic, it was the same story and we were repeating repeating the same cliches about him. Um, there's still some grunt in this team and uh, more fight, but Yeah, Mazzari in general has just made this team a better structured team and players are in better suited positions. It's just a shame with the derby that there wasn't the same sort of organisation or more than anything, they just offered very little offensively, which I think is a bit of a shame because most of the derbies I've seen Torino play, they just look very timid and uninspired and they just look uh, overward whenever they face Slavia, it's not
0: what they pose a threat or they're eager to take risks. Look, uh, if we're going to talk specifically about the derby, then this weekend, I know, I know you watched this. Where did it all go wrong for Toro?
2: Uh, well, I think it was just. I don't know. I, I don't. I think they started relatively brightly. There was a sort of good chance for. Belotti, when they managed to win the ball high up, they looked a bit dangerous on the counter, but then he miscontrolled it. And then after that, it's just kind of they sort of seem to sit back and you kind of seem to see there was that kind of fear factor that pretty much every team in Serie A tends to to have in games against Juve. And then after going behind, you couldn't really see them coming back. It descended into being quite a scrappy game and Juventus with their defenders and Chiellini, they were able to make it physical and just hold on and there wasn't too much excitement. It was just kind of a typical run-of-the-mill sort of favourite beating the uh, the the underdog without really shining or impressing too much. It was just a simple, simple win and I don't think Torino did anything particularly wrong but they didn't really rise to the occasion and kind of perform beyond their abilities as you might expect in a Derby. They didn't really have that kind of intensity. I don't know if that's also because it was a early kickoff you sometimes see that but it's not really an excuse but it's kind of the kind of game that you tend to, to see quite often.
0: Luke, I'll I'll stick with you. I'm pretty sure I will have spoken to Vito in recent weeks about Andrea Bellotti, but he was quiet. I'm not gonna blame him for that because he didn't really get a lot of service up top for Torino and he was quite isolated at times. But is his slow season just down to the fact that he was he suffered an injury and rushed himself back and He's still suffering a bit of a hangover from that, or is there more cause for concern there
2: well, i I don't think there's really too much of a need to go overboard with the criticism of him obviously as you mentioned he was was out for a while and there's also going to be a lot more kind of pressure on him. other teams are going to have a lot more of a idea about what he can do after last season he's going to be dealing with defenses who've probably got more specific instructions on how to stop him. So I, I think he's obviously not reached the levels of last year, but for him to have done that would have been incredibly uh, impressive. So I, I don't think there's any need to really stick with him Also, he was kind of... He was sort of involved with the Italy team that failed to qualify for the World Cup. He was sort of being touted as a possible saviour at the time when he he wasn't at his peak fitness. So I don't know if that's sort of left a bit of a, a mental kind of... Uh, block on him where he's not really been able to feel as confident as he was. He felt probably, obviously, they would have all felt disappointed after that. So he's still young and he's not been able to get that full, long run of games this year. So I think, he, you know, he's still still developing and it'll be much more fair to, to make a more uh, thoughtful evaluation next season. Yeah, I would find it hard to disagree with that. And I do think it's important to
0: note the impact that World Cup elimination had on even someone like Gianluigi Buffon, who's been and seen everything in the game. and He was obviously quite badly emotionally affected by it. So it's going to only affect a a young player like Balotti even more. Um, Napoli beat Spal 1-0, Vito, but I don't really want to talk about that game because they just ground out a win and it was not an enjoyable game to watch. What I do want to talk about is the game they played on Thursday night, not specifically anything that happened in the game, but the fact that Maurizio Sarri changed pretty much all of his team, which I was happy to see him do because it shows he's prioritizing the Scudetto. But he's been getting a little bit of criticism on Twitter and all of that, which I don't really understand. Can you see where Sarri is coming from? Or should he be taking the Europa League seriously?
3: I understand where Sarri is coming from because... Napoli's depth is not that great, and he hasn't rotated the squad a lot, so I think it's more than fair that he does rest his best players for the Serie A and try to chase that third score their so I still feel that this season is Napoli's best chance to win it because I do see that Juve aren't as strong as they used to be. So, um, so yeah, I really think... Um, that it's pretty good to see that uh, he knows where his priorities lie. And I reckon there are other times where Serie A coaches should have focused more on the Europa League or put some teams in Europe, but uh, I don't think they are—they were in the same position as Sarri. I,
0: I want to disagree when you guys say things, but I can't with that because generally I really hate when coaches don't take the Europa League seriously. I think it's a competition that should be valued. But in the case of Napoli this season, I'm willing to cut them some slack and let them, and let them kind of do whatever they want in that competition, then go all out for the Scudetto and just to stop Juve winning seven in a row. Basically, look, what do you think? Is the if if Sari and Napoli don't win something this season, is his time at the San Paolo just seen as a complete failure, or or what? Because ultimately, it is trophies that define. Coaches, players and clubs, right?
2: Yeah, obviously he's done great work, but there's been a few at Napoli who've been pushing for the Scudetto and not quite got there. And they were receiving a lot of praise, but then they're not remembered so so fondly now because they never won it. But I I, I can totally understand why they did rotate the team in the Europa League. I think perhaps you could criticise them more for the fact that they were doing that when they were still in the Champions League as well. They didn't seem to be taking that 100% 100% seriously. I think that's kind of worse for the, the reputation of that club and the league as a whole. But, yeah, it's, it's also going to be putting a bit more pressure on Napoli for them to be so obviously putting all their eggs in this one basket if they don't get there. So I think, obviously, Sarri's proved to be a, a brilliant coach. He's very he's sort of on everyone's radar now across Europe. He keeps getting locked, linked with bigger jobs. Not that necessarily wide for that. Um, it was no surprise that they rotated the team so much against Leipzig. It was a bit kind of they did get quite a lot of criticism for it in Italy because people still kind of have a bit of paranoia about coefficient rankings and how Italian teams basically just disregarding the UEFA Cup before did kind of hurt the league when it lost European places. That doesn't matter so much now. well with how UEFA changed the qualifying rules, but it was understandable. It was a bit sad. It was a bit it wasn't kind of what you want to see as a sporting set spectacle. But if if they do go on to, to win the league, no one's going to care. Everyone will forget it and just remember that kind of historical uh, achievement of Napoli winning the Scudetto again.
0: All right, guys, the, the comments are getting too much. We can't put off talking about Inter anymore because CM Fox is back and he has already got everyone in the comments losing their minds. And I enjoy this comment. He said, Inter should sack Spalletti and hire Steve McLaren. And the comments have just gone into absolute meltdown. CM Fox on behind that campaign if you want to get it going. But uh, I'm probably preaching this to the wrong audience and panel here, guys. But that result was funny. Come on. Um, Vito, this will pain you, but it will probably give a lot of enjoyment to some Genoa fans who listen but we have to give Shanoa some credit. They were really good and they've been good for quite some time as well. They're now fourth in the form table. So take it away.
3: Well, I've got to be honest, that was the most comprehensive performance for the season. And Inter did not look like they were really in the game at all. Maybe when it went to 2-0, that's when they posed some sort of a threat. But... General were good going forward, especially with Goran Pandev, who who got the second goal. And Diego Laxalt on the left flank is a very energetic player. And he deserves to play for a bigger club because he seems to be coming of age now after some blown spells at other Serie A clubs that were disappointing. Perin in goal, of course, is top quality, made some good saves. But that back trio of Rossettini... Spodley and Vukanovich, uh they were blocking a lot of shots from Inter, so um, they were very crucial to the win alongside uh, Laxolta and Pendev.
0: This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you um
1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Yeah, Diego Laxalt has been someone that's really impressed me in recent weeks. I think I sung his praises on this after the, the Lazio game that they won. But another player you mentioned there, Goran Pandev, who also shone in that Lazio game, Luca, where has Goran Pandev got this ex, these extra set of legs from? Because when he plays against his former teams, he looks like he's 23. But if he plays against any other team in Serie A, he looks like he's 73. He was brilliant against Inter. From the first minute, you knew he was going to score.
2: Yeah, it is quite remarkable to see because... Like when they're on the break in that when they're on the break in that game and there was space, he was running into it. He looked like one of the quickest players on the pitch. It was really remarkable. I don't know if there's some sort of weird ex inter thing going on there because sometimes that's the same at Bologna with Palacio. These veteran strikers just seem to really be going and going and these smaller teams. And yeah, it was very uh yeah, it was uh, <laughs> he almost scored that kind of bizarre goal as well, where he missed it across and it almost bounced over Handanovic. And then took the finish well, it was simple enough, but yeah, it was a very good uh, performance for him and Genoa on the whole. Uh, they do have a very good record at home against uh, Inter and some of the other big teams. Then no one likes to go to Morassi against Sampdori or Genoa, but Genoa as well. They've, they've really clicked on under Balladini and Inter continuing to struggle. It wasn't really necessarily that surprising a result if you look at the kind of head-to-head records and the the form that Jenna were in at the moment.
0: Yeah, the only thing I could think when I was watching Goran Pandev surge forward on those runs was maybe the river has started eroding into one end of the pitch. So he was actually running downhill. So he was just able to pick up that extra bit of pace. But I'm glad you mentioned Rodrigo Palacio at Bologna scoring against Inter recently because the Bologna English Twitter account put up a good tweet winding up some Inter fans. Well, I don't know if it, it was supposed to be provocative, but it was um, a, a photo of him playing in goal for Inter, saying that he scores when you play him in the right position, which which I very much enjoyed. The Bologna Twitter account is probably worth a follow as well, so you guys should get on that. Um, right, the real reason I wanted to talk about Inter is because Andrea Ranocchia scored one of the best own goals you're likely to see. And surprisingly, it was his first... On goal in 186 or something Serie so yeah, A appearances Vito how is Andre Ranocchia still playing at a top Serie so yeah, A so?
3: it defies logic to be honest Connor I mean you can't really put a proper argument to say that he deserves to be at Inter it's like he's been leaving off this reputation of potential for nearly 10 years and people think he's going to come good but is a massive liability to anyone who plays him in defence. He's slow. He doesn't read the play properly. He's just so prone to errors. Um, and really, I think it's come to the point he's he's got to be more humble. And if Inter give him the flick, just play at a small club or even consider City a bit because he's just really not up to the standard. And whether it's an awareness thing or a mental thing, it's just... It's just very shocking to see that he is still playing there.
2: I always have a bit of sympathy for Ranocchio if kind of highly touted he was, and there clearly is a player there, but there is some sort of mental thing where he just makes these obvious errors that just undermine everything else in his in his play. And to be fair, that that goal, the own goal against Genoa, was wasn't his fault. It was Scrinia blasting the ball into him at close range. Um, so I, I can't really see what he could have done there. It just oh, no, 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 hit no, him no. and went in.
0: But... Don't, don't get me wrong. That wasn't his fault. But there is no one else on that pitch who is hapless enough for that to happen to them. If I showed you that goal and blurred out all the numbers and phases and asked, who do you think this ball hit off and went in? You would both guess Andrea and Akia in one. I'm absolutely certain of it. Uh, right, guys, before we move on from this game, I want to talk about Matthias Perrine because... I think he should be Italy's number one goalkeeper. I I know there's been a lot of talk saying that Buffon might come back, which is ridiculous. We all love Buffon here, but I think he should be left in the past when it comes to Italy now. And Gianluigi Donnarumma hasn't really done it to the same level this season as he did last, which you can't really hold against him. He's about 12 years old. Does anyone else have any other candidates to take the number one shirt with the Azzurri or... Should it be Perrin? Vito, you can take this one first. Yeah, I would
3: definitely go for Perrin at this stage. I think now that he's fit, he's in good condition and should be able to take the number one spot without any problems. I think the contract situation with Donnarumma and also Milan's bad start to the season, I think that's impacted on him. So I would still keep Donnarumma at number two. But if Donnarumma can return to form sometime... um. He might be number one, but I would rather go with Perrin because he has got more experience and he's not making some of the errors that Romoroma has made this season.
2: Yeah, I suppose if you're looking at it short-term and who you want in there immediately, it makes sense to, to put Perrin in. I think it's just quite difficult to really talk about Italy, though, with the next competitive fixtures being so far away and that there's no permanent... Coaching appointment, but I think you do, you do want to give Donna room games as well, get that experience, play him in friendlies. Uh, otherwise, I think even um, Sirigu could sort of play some role. He's been doing quite well at Torino after Joe Hart struggled there last season. Perhaps as the third choice, he's tended to do quite well in Italy after uh, he was a solid player at PSG before sort of having a rapid decline in Spain. But he seems to have bounced back now and. I think there's a few decent young players around. Uh, I always like Meret. He's not quite been doing so well at spell, but he's got back in the the team there for the moment. And uh, Alessio Cragno at uh, is another kind of option. So I think there's lots of uh, young goalkeepers. But uh, as as you've both said, I think it makes sense to to go with Perrin for the the immediate short term.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm reluctant to get behind Sirigu to be honest. Uh, I'd be all for having him around the squad, but because he's 31, so by the time the next World Cup comes around, he's going to be 35, and I don't see the point, to be honest. And, and there are so many good young goalkeepers that we've all already mentioned, and Pletsari as well. There's another one who Milan fans will shout at us if we don't bring up, so there's his name checked off the list. Udinese, we lost to Roma 2-0. Uh, Nothing really here I want to talk about, but I did see someone say that Gregoire de Frel should play more for Roma. Vito, do you agree with this? And if you do, where should he play in this Roma team?
3: He's a very versatile forward, and he can play anywhere along the front three. Based on current form, I would actually try him at centre forward because he can play there from time to time, and Di can just use him there to soar. I'm still not convinced that Dzeko is really back in form, so that is why I would put the threat there. And also, on the left wing, you've got El Sharari and Karate who can contribute from time to time. And also, Chingizunda is in sensational form, so I wouldn't want to take him out of the right wing position. Zunda's scored four goals in just three games, so, yeah, he's really looking delightful.
0: Okay, moving quickly through these now. We've moved along quite nicely with time, actually. Bologna played Sassuolo and they won late on 2-1. Luca, you watch Bologna every week or more or less. Break us their season then, please.
2: Uh, Improvement on last season when they kept conceding goals in Stoppage time, and nothing had the most records in Europe when they were just a bit of a, a self-destructive outfit. They've, they've kicked on a bit. Their main problem just remains that they don't get anything off the big teams. They can beat the mid-table teams, the the relegation fighters, but they just seem to have some sort of mental block uh, when it comes to facing those those top sides. And they've got a few good players, Di Francesco. They can play good attacking football. Verdi, obviously, who rejected Napoli, and you presume he'll be off in the summer. And, uh, yeah, they've got, they got quite a strong central midfield. Lots of players can rotate. poli has been doing quite well after being at Milan for a long time, but never really fulfilling the potential that he had when he was at Sampdoria. But he's proven himself to be a perfectly good Serie A player. And Paul Gard sort of had a bit of form, young Chilean, occasional international for them. Scored has got a very nice free kick to beat Sassuola. And I think they've just need a bit of confidence to to push on. But if they make a few good signings or uh, get that kind of confidence, it wouldn't be uh, inconceivable to see them pushing for the Europa League perhaps in a a few seasons. And it'll be interesting to see if they can hang on to Orsellini, if he can really uh, kick on there, because he does seem to be one of the most talented Italian young attacking players. And he didn't really get that much of a chance at Atalanta, which you perhaps wouldn't have expected considering their uh, abilities in developing youth but uh, he's, he's played a few times and it'll be really interesting to see how he can uh, develop with also parent club Juve watching on
0: yeah yeah, there's definitely a player there in Orsolini, and I do hope he can do quite well at Bologna and there's no reason why he can't because as you said they've got a few good attacking players Luca, condolences to you from Mohamed Attar who says, you watch Bologna every week. I'm sorry for that, which I think is a bit harsh. There are definitely worse teams to be watching every week than Bologna. Uh, The other results then, Atalanta 1, Fiorentina 1, Kiev will be Caleri 2-1. Vito, this is one you wanted to talk about, Benevento 3, Crotone 2. And just before you jump in on this, did you see Alex Cordaz deciding that he was playing FIFA and running up into the Benevento half in the dying minutes with the ball? He just dribbled up the left wing. It was amazing scenes, but Vito, take it away. Well,
3: with the goal scorers, a lot from uh had scored their first ever Serie A goals. So there's an interesting tri- tweet uh, put out by our fellow FIF colleague, Vieri Capetta. And aside from Benali, who scored his first Serie A goal for the season, all the other goal scorers got the first one's uh, in the career, so that's pretty impressive. And you know, three-two win—it's a good way for all the players involved to make a contribution. And good to see that Benevento have got another win because they've looked like the whipping boys this season in the debut campaign. But good for them to get some sort of boost in confidence. Confidence.
0: Yeah, I I always get excited when they either win or score and. I excitedly looked at the table after they won today thinking, oh my God, they they can do it. But they're 11 points adrift of Crotone with a beat and it's just looking more and more unlikely, really. Um, Luca, there's a sense of dread filling me here. Do you think that the bottom three is kind of set as it is with Spal, Verona and Benevento? I,
2: d- I don't know if it's a completely foregone conclusion. Obviously, Benevento standing up to take a miracle. I think they might put up a little bit of a fight now. They might get a few more home results and sort of give the fans something to enjoy from the season. Uh, uh, Spal even, uh, they played at Napoli away and they got, they lost one, one now. It's perfectly respectable. I think Verona are mostly quite poor, but Spal. I, I don't know. I've always thought there's something there. It's just not quite clicking, but even, I don't know, if, if, um, Viviani scores a couple of free kicks or something in consecutive games, they could get a few results and they could make it interesting. I think, obviously, you do have a bit of separation with this bottom three and you would expect them to stay there. But I do think Spal could still get out of it. Cotone, you're not quite sure what could happen there. They could slip up again. And if sort of Zenga's kind of new manager bounce starts to fade, Verona is kind of the same as Spal, but I don't really see them putting those. Uh, results together at the moment with just how they've been doing
0: Yeah it would be a shame even when we were at SPAL back in December was it there did seem like there was something about them and they found themselves 2-0 down without actually playing that badly and then came roaring back and through to each one they probably should have won again that was against Verona Actually, now that that we mention it but uh, the comments I've just been reminded someone actually predicted Hellas Verona to beat Lazio I have a feeling it might have been UCM Fox, so identify yourself if it was you in the comments, please, because I didn't forget that. And I won't forget it if that does actually happen. But I think we have come... Oh, right, yes. Right, guys, Sampdoria, Milan, Atalanta, Torino, pick two who are going to qualify for the Europa League. Based on current
3: form, I would still say Molen and Sampdoria. But uh, as we discussed earlier, Milan could even aim higher than that. But out of the four you picked, um, I can't really see Torino posing enough of a threat, especially if Balotelli's not 100% fit. And with Atalanta, um, still a strong team. A lot depends on the up-and-coming fixture with Dortmund. But uh I think they need to find more goal-scoring options, and uh, not just the long Gunners and the I think Andrea Patania in particular can't just be this hold-up guy and just you know do the sacrificing role. He's got to start scoring some goals.
0: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Andrea Patania probably had the worst game I've ever seen him play today, and he scored. And then there yeah. are weeks when he puts in a nine out of ten performance, and he can't find the net to save his life, but. He's a strange type of player, but I do I do love him. Uh, Serie B, before we move on completely from Serie A, the top three are kind of pulling. Well, the top two definitely are pulling away, and it looks like Ampli and Frazanone are going to come up automatically. And then Palermo are third, followed by Cittadella and Barry. How do we see this playing out? The top two to come up, and then it's take your pick really from the rest Vito we'll stick with you
3: well I reckon Frosinone and Empoli should have the automatic spots at the moment they're really starting to break away now and Empoli in particular are playing some really good football too Aurelio Andreazzol is getting into play consistently so I reckon they'll be back up for next season the promotion spot's really up for grabs. Bari got a win on the weekend, so I'm happy for Fabio Rosso again. The Nets, got a 3-1 victory as well. But if there are two outsiders that could uh, ruffle things up would be Novara, who've got Domenico Di as coach, and George Pushkas, the young Romanian strike-on-one from Minta, he's in good form. And supposedly, Foggia have been getting some good results lately. Oliver Krago who arrived from Clotoni in January, has scored four goals and provided an assist in five games, and we are getting some decent results. So maybe our fellow colleague Nick Carroll, he'll probably enjoy watching Fodger more than Inter these days.
0: Yeah, we should probably advise him to change his colours from blue and black to Fodger's more desirable colours. Luca, we're going to see some Serie B again this week because we just can't get enough of it. We saw Venezia against Pro Vercelli earlier this season, and it would, let's be honest, it wasn't a good game quality-wise. But there was a few funny moments, and we're going to see Venezia again, but this time in Parma on Friday night. Are you excited?
2: Well, yeah. With Empoli having smashed Parma four 0 the uh, Crotata will be licking their their wounds, and you'd uh, expect them to look to to react in that game against Venezia. And it's obviously important with the uh, the playoff battle so there's a lot riding on it and um, it's still uh, still just an interesting competition in terms of how much actual competition there is with how tight it still is obviously the, the top two and the bottom two have now started to like pull away from the rest of the main group but even in there with the playoffs places the the team that's 17th which is Brescia they're, they're only seven points off the playoff places it's kind of still going to be a lot of uh, movement going around and then also Guess you've got a little bit more of interest now with the Serie B with uh, Scotland's uh, Liam Henderson at Bari. He seems to be getting a few starts, playing for an hour before coming off, and be interesting to see how he uh, settles in Italy.
0: Definitely. Right, guys, um, we're having a lot of requests to talk about how the Italian teams did in Europe. Fido, you wanted to ask Luke a question about Bologna first, so I'll let you jump in with that. In know why? It's
3: actually a bit related to what. Luca mentioned earlier, and even with this Europa League discussion for future seasons, um, I remember on our FIF page, I was having a discussion with our former colleague, Andrew Mizoraka, who was a great contributor to the pod in previous years. And he's fond of Donadoni as a coach, but I am not. Um, I think he's underachieved with this spot. He reckons... Uh, that Donadoni has overachieved. So I want to see um, what Lucas' thoughts on that is. Uh, Donadoni the right man to take them forward, or do they need someone who's more tactical can really improve the quality of this team to actually make Bologna fight for a Europa League spot? Because I think he's just doing enough with this team. He's not really adding enough to improve the quality of the players.
2: Yeah, I can see what you're getting at with him not being the most tactical because there is, whenever he sort of speaks, he kind of just always says that he wants the the team to just believe in themselves more, be more aggressive. That's kind of what's meant to be the determining factor with that Bologna team. And they do still seem to have these kind of mental blocks that he's not been able to break down where they don't really do much hints big teams, and they're, they're, I, I don't know, I think they probably do what you would expect of them. They have this kind of solid 4-3-3. Three, three, you know, have free attacking players who are quite fluid and they can they can play good stuff at times when it um, comes together, but they, they're they not really, they're not kind of at the level, I suppose, that you if you were Bologna, you'd sort of aspire to be like Atalanta and really kind of perform above your means, and they're not doing that, but I, I don't know if they're underachieving or overachieving. I'd say they're probably about where you would expect them. I suppose that the kind of main kind of issue there is that when they brought Destro in, they would have expected a lot more from him and he's never quite delivered up front. And they don't really have that kind of top-class striker who can really do it. Palacio's done well as a free free transfer. But to be honest, with the way that club is I think they're perfectly happy with stability and just continuing making very small incremental gains. They don't really want to rock the pro. They were in Serie B not too long ago. They'd be worried about going backwards if they if they make too many changes and try anything too too radical. So I think they're happy enough with Donadoni as that kind of safe pair of hands. But even with him, some people were linking in with the, the Italy job. So He's obviously well regarded in uh, many areas, even if he's not really tearing up at Bologna at the moment.
0: I'm happy with that. Vito is sitting quietly, so it looks like he's happy too. Right before we wrap up, then the the European talk because people are demanding it. I guess the obvious place to start is Juventus. They threw two each with Spurs. They collapsed really. They were two nil up within ten minutes, and then did the most on Juventus thing, you would imagine, and threw it away. Vito, what do you think of this? It's not a good result, really, is it? Very negative result,
3: And also, it's very disappointing to see that uh, Juve could not hold on to that lead or even improve on it. I reckon Max Allegri in his coaching career in the Champions League, he just gets too panicky or he forces his team to become cautious after a good lead. I think he's got to be more ambitious and make his teams more courageous. So um, they've got to go out for all that attack for the 90 minutes at Wembley. So if he decides to, you know, get the order to take the lead, I uh, really think that, you know, they've got to keep going to the final whistle. Otherwise, they'll slip. Another concern too is General Luigi Buffon's goalkeeper in the goals. I thought it was very unlike him. And I think he's really showing... His
0: age and the signs of the
2: crime are there
0: to see. Um, I think, quick,
2: I'm sorry. Oh, go on. Go, go, go. Yeah, I, I guess that game as well showed that the centre midfield is kind of stilled that Achilles Hill, perhaps with Juve at the moment. It, like Musa Dembele completely bossed that when Tottenham came back into it, just got them up the pitch. And Kadira's not really having much of an impact at the moment, but. Yeah, I I, I suppose it was kind of Juve wouldn't have expected to be up that early. It was sort of a a penalty that kind of came out of nowhere and some terrible defending from Spurs on the first goal. But Tottenham played very well. It wasn't just that Juve threw it away, but kind of that centre midfield, they did struggle with the likes of Dembele's dribbling in the middle and just helping to sort of give Spurs that kind of base up the pitch because I don't think that tends to happen in Serie A, often um, they're not particularly used to dealing with that. Um, Sam Fox is asking, how long
0: is it going for? Allegri was speaking about it today. He says, not that serious. It was just a bit of bruising. So it shouldn't be anything that keeps him out for too long. Uh, The Europa League, Atalanta lost 3-2 against Borussia Dortmund. But uh, Vito, I've spoken to Luca about this already off air. It's not the worst result for the boys from Bergamo.
3: No, it's not. The only thing is, I would be shocked if Atalanta won just one nil I think Dortmund's going to score, I had to say. So, for me, Atalanta got to really aim for a 2-1 or even a 3-1 win to secure the passage because uh, Mitsubachi has been in great form since joining Dortmund from Chelsea.
0: Yeah, I could see it being another shootout. I can see it either being two one or three two, and then see what happens in extra time and maybe penalties. Milan got a win. Luca, how far can they potentially go in the Europa League?
2: Well, I think they could. They'd certainly be one of the favourites now because obviously they can really prioritise that competition for the the Champions League group. And to win three 0 away in Bulgaria against. Uh, Ludogratz its not an easy feat, so obviously Milan, a prestigious club, anyone going there is going to kind of, you know, take it in. You'd expect them to really take this, this Europa League competition seriously, whereas Napoli were considered one of the favourites, but that was obviously wrong because they weren't prioritising it, but Milan, they they certainly can. And they've been performing for the most part in that, that competition, so I don't see why they can't uh, really, you know, they can certainly aim to win
0: yeah, well, the bookies agree with you as having them as one of the favourites. Atletico Madrid are the favourites at the moment, followed by Arsenal. Borussia Dortmund and then Milan are fourth favourites um, across the bookies. Lazio lost, which was which was a surprise. Vito, did you see this coming? No. Um,
3: I don't think many people would have seen this coming, but Ciro Immobile Mobile are start, so that didn't help the situation. Uh, it's come to the point also that with the defence, I would start with uh, Caceres, De Vries, and Radu as the trio in the back, because whether Bastos plays or Wallace plays, they are a disaster waiting to happen. So Simone Inzaghi's got to realise that, and maybe also Stone Shirtle and Morbo in the next game, or even start Nani. Maybe they got a chance of turning things around against well the Romanians.
0: All right, well... Mauricio sorry, doesn't care enough to select the first 11 for the Europa League, so I don't care enough to talk about their result in the Europa League. I think that's a fair way of working this out. Guys, we've come to the end. Thank you ever so much, everyone, in the comments. You have been outstanding this week, honestly. You seem to up it every single week, but this week was pretty impressive. Um, I don't think yet Vito has messaged me. Yes, we're going to sort that out, Vito, don't worry. Uh, right, that's it, guys. Thanks for commenting, Vito. Thank you for joining me again, Luca. Thanks for coming back. No one's gonna say anything. Response.
2: No, I, was, uh, yeah, I don't nah, know because totally. it went to Vito, and then I, I, uh, you're very welcome, Connor. Pleasure to be here. Uh, looking yeah. forward to Atalanta on Thursday.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll see you in Modena on, on Thursday afternoon. We'll get a nice bit of food before heading to Reggio Emilia. I'm looking forward to it. Right, Vito, let people know where they can find you on all of those things.
3: All right. Um, you can uh, follow my Facebook fan page just under Vito Doria and, of course, Instagram and Twitter
0: with the handle at Vito C. Doria. Phil has commented saying he thinks we went too much on Inter or they went too much on Inter in the comments. You did, guys. Please time it down in future. Luca, let people know where they can find you on social media.
2: Uh Gumby's owner that's on Twitter and also Instagram which with uh, going to the, the Europa League game on Thursday will be a bit more lively as I only ever seem to post pictures of football stadiums
0: yeah I got given out to you for that I only post photos of matches in Italy and my dog apparently people don't like it but yeah um I'm at Conjay Clancy on Twitter and Instagram and then you can find me on Facebook by looking up my name but guys that is everything for this week and all that's left for me to say is Ciao voor